This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Welcome back to another edition of the Spurs Chat Podcast and another transfer special. I'm absolutely delighted to be joined by Charlie Gordon, sports journalist with the Daily Express. Charlie, thanks so much for joining me. How are you? Yeah, no problem at all. Uh, You know, it's a pleasure to be on here. Hi, everyone. Hi, Chris. Charlie, just uh, want to ask you, first of all, um, how long you've been a journalist for? How did did you get into journalism and, and covering sport? It must be a dream job. It is. I'm really enjoying it. Yeah, I'm I'm fairly fresh to it. Um, I started working for the Express around about a year ago, just over a year ago after I did a master's in sports journalism um, and, you know, spent a few months just getting a foothold, learning what it's all about. But now I'm really trying to branch out, um, you know, do all the extra things you can do, make contacts uh, and that kind of thing. I cover tennis, F1, football, boxing, but main focus on football, really. And we're all knee deep in the transfer rumour mill at the moment, which is really good fun. Well, I tell you what, all of us Tottenham Hotspur fans are very, very happy at the moment. Everyone's got a smile on their face, uh, which after the last couple of years, Pochettino being sacked, Jose Mourinho being sacked, and then, of course, Nuno Espirito Santo, uh, Antonio Conte is here, and now we're all smiling again. Now, firstly, Charlie, just wanted to get your thoughts on the transfer window for Tottenham so far. Four signings over the line, um, and we're only early July. This is just... You know, we're not used to this whatsoever, getting deals done so early. Ivan Perisic, Fraser Forster, Ipa Suma and Richarlison. What have you made of Tottenham's business so far? Well, I'm not surprised that you're smiling, Chris, as well as the rest of the fans, because, you know, it has, like you say, it's been a dream window so far. Not just, uh, you know, getting a good number of players in. The quality is really good. And another important factor is that, um, you know, the business has been done nice and early as well. You don't want to be fretting at the end of the window. Uh, you know, with a long list of players still to get in. Uh, And it comes in a bit of a contrast, really, to what happened in January when Conte was waiting for his first two signings until deadline day. Um, So I I imagine it's very refreshing for Spurs fans and maybe a bit surprising as well to to see the club deliver. Conte wanted a load of players. He wanted a squad that's ready to compete on all fronts. Um, And, you know, they've left nothing to chance. They've gone all out. Four players already, and it looks like more are in the pipeline as well. Charlie, with uh, Ivan Perisic, would you expect him to play as a left wing back? Because we know how versatile he is. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. We've seen Conte in the past. Uh, He's not afraid 
to throw a more attacking player in at wing-back if he knows that they've got the physicality or the experience to track back and defend as well. Um, Perisic definitely fits into that category. Uh, he's played there a lot for Inter Milan. And I think one of the really good things about Perisic um, is that, you know, he's not just experienced, played in a World Cup final, these kind of things, but he's still a goal threat. Even when he plays at wing-back, I believe he had 15 goal contributions last season for Inter Milan. Um, and one thing maybe that Spurs fans may have been a little bit concerned about is that maybe he's over the hill a little bit. 33 years old now, definitely coming towards the tail end of his career. But those 15 goal contributions, that was his best season in front of goal since 2017-18. So there's still plenty more left in the tank for Perisic. Uh, and I don't know what you think, Chris, but for my money, I think that could be Spurs' best signing of the whole summer. Absolutely. I tell you what, if, if you've seen recent pictures like I have of his six-pack as well, he is in great shape. And uh, he returned to Hotspur Way uh, this morning for training. Um, Eve Basuma, Charlie, what do you make of uh, Eve Basuma? Um, probably Brighton's best player, one of the most underrated midfielders in the Premier League, in my opinion. Yeah, I think the term I would use to describe Basuma is rough diamond. I've always seen him as someone who you would say kind of the sky is the limit for him because even though he's got loads of top clubs interested in him, he's been one of Brighton's best players you still feel as though he could do with a little bit more refinement. Um, and an experienced manager like Conte should be able to take him to the next level. Um, because he's a midfielder with a couple of rare attributes, really. He's so athletic. Uh, he's good defensively and he's a brilliant dribbler. You know, there's not a lot of players that really have those kind of attributes all at the same time. Uh, and at 25 million, I think that's a bargain, really. You know, there was some hint of legal troubles there behind him now. Um, and it, I, I think he'll add an extra ingredient into Spurs' midfield, definitely. Charlie, I know there's going to be lots of rotation throughout the squad, um, certainly in the Premier League and Champions League games. But um, for you, do you think Eve Basuma will be uh, one player on the on the starting eleven um, team sheet come the start of the season? If I was the manager, I would look to yeah have him in the starting eleven, uh, get him to show me what he can do straight away. Probably pairing with Bentancur in the middle because you've got Bentancur as one of the slower players, uh, you know, a great passer, good reader of the game. And then you've got Bissouma next to him, who's a bit more of a go-getter. You know, he's going to get himself around the pitch, cover every blade of grass. Um, so I think, you know, on paper as a duo, they could be really good together. But like I said before, Bissouma's still got a little bit of maturing to do in his game. Um, so it kind of remains to be seen whether Conte can get that out of him straight away or whether he needs a bit more time to get up to speed. What do you make of the signing of Richarlison? Because on this channel, um, I spoke about Richarlison for a week or so on the channel before we actually signed him. Um, the fans were kind of 50-50. Some wanted him, some didn't want him. I'm a big fan of him. I actually was a big fan of him back in the Watford days. And when he left Watford to go to Everton, I was a little bit disappointed that we didn't sign him. And when you think that up to this point, Spurs hadn't signed a striker on a permanent deal since 2017, Fernando Llorente. But um, it finally looks like we have a real decent striker and a very versatile forward in Richarlison. It's like coming in as Harry Kane's understudy has been a bit of a curse in the past few years. You saw players like Vincent Janssen do it and his career just fell off a cliff. Carlos yeah. Vinicius couldn't manage it either. Um, but... The thing that is going for Richarlison is the versatility in my eyes. You know, yeah. he's not just going to sit and rot on the bench if Kane's fit all season because he can play out wide as well. So, you know, if a wide player needs a rest, he can feature on the wing. Um, if Richarlison is in top form, he might displace one of the wingers. You know, you never know what's going to happen over the course of the season. But he Spurs are going to rotate more than usual. Um, and Richarlison should get a lot of games in cup competitions uh, and you never know what's going to happen if Kane gets gets injured. For me, though, Chris, the big asterisk in this deal is the price. You know, a total package going up to £60 million. Everton fans will scream that he's worth even more than that to them. But if you look at it on paper, the jury's out whether he's actually worth that much. Um, and I think he'll have to... He's got a lot to prove at that price for, for me. Um, 
But having said that, if you take the price out of the equation, he's going to be a really useful addition uh, to Spurs' squad. Now, Jack Wilshere said on TalkSport the other day that um, he wouldn't get in the Arsenal starting eleven. Um, it's funny because it puts a smile on my face to see so many uh, pundits, uh, non-Spurs supporting pundits, I might add, and, uh, and, and other opposition fans be very salty about Tottenham's business because Tottenham are really on it this summer, aren't they? Absolutely, yeah. You know, there's a lot to be jealous of, put it that way. And I think teams that are around the top of the Premier League, maybe teams that are hoping to get into fourth spot. I'm not saying Spurs are going to be in a fight for fourth next season. They could be a lot better off than that even. But I think a lot of teams will be worried about Spurs. Uh, Conte achieved fourth last season with a squad that I don't know. I don't think he was really that keen on the players that he inherited, a lot of them anyway. Uh, and he still managed to get into fourth. The board have splashed out this summer. He's got a lot of players that he knows he can count on. Perisic being the prime example, really, uh, given their history together. And, you know, they could be in a lot better position last, uh, next season. But having said that, you know, the Richarlison deal, I'm not surprised rival fans have got a little bit salty about that because there is little things to pick at, the price being one of them. And with that, I would just say, you know, Richarlison can prove those doubters wrong with a good season, but he does have something to prove going into his Spurs career. Charlie, just going back to uh, last season, as you mentioned there, Spurs finishing fourth in a Champions League spot. Um, as a journalist with the Daily Express, were you surprised uh, by how well Antonio Conte done? Because when you go back to that January transfer window, the players that we shipped out, we only brought two players in. There were a lot of Spurs fans at the time saying, we haven't done enough. Um, you know, even Antonio Conte said that we have less players in the squad than than what we started the January transfer window with. So were you surprised that Spurs achieved that full spot? Personally, no, I wasn't. I was one of the few people backing Spurs to get fourth pretty much as soon as Conte came in because I'm a huge admirer of him pers personally. I know not everyone thought that Spurs could claw back the ground um, and it was looking a bit dicey at times. You know, it looked like Arsenal were going to make it but then they had a couple of uh, they slipped up a couple of times towards the end of the season um well we better that... <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> you're right i'm happy to be corrected there um but i'm i'm surprised that conte managed to make it in with that squad um you know a squad that he wasn't in, entirely happy with but i did back them to get in as soon as soon as conte took charge because he's a guy that produces instant results um and yeah. You know, on that basis, you'd expect them to kick kick on again next season. Now, Spurs have been heavily linked uh, for a move for Jed Spence. Uh, of course, Middlesbrough right back, who was on loan uh, at Nottingham Forest last season. Um, Charlie, do you have any update on the Jed Spence situation? Because a couple of weeks ago, we all thought that this deal was done. Yeah, I was. What I thought the deal was done as well. The report seemed to indicate that at the time, and there are a lot of aspects um, of this deal which are positive from a Spurs point of view. Uh, the first one being that Spence wants to join Spurs. You know, that's one of the, mo that's the most important thing. Uh, that suggests that personal terms aren't going to be an issue in the deal. Um, and he's an important signing for Spurs if it happens, because they need to bring in some homegrown players to get those boxes ticked at the end of the day. The only stumbling block really could be money. Um, that's what could take a little bit of time. Apparently, as per one of my colleagues, Ryan Taylor, who's quite uh, well connected in this deal, uh, Spurs have offered 10 million for Spence at the moment. But Middlesbrough, they're holding out for a total package of 20 million. So obviously, there is a big gap there. Um, but I think Spurs are probably playing the long game because they know Middlesbrough need that money to then kickstart their own summer. So they know that Borough are probably going to have to come down on their valuation at some point. Um so basically, all things considered, you'd expect this deal to happen. It would be a surprise if it didn't happen. Um, mm. But it may take a little bit of time for the two sides to meet in the middle on the price, which looks like being somewhere around 15 million if they do. Charlie, what do you what do you think of Jed Spence? I think he's an awesome player. Really, really good player. Uh, yeah, I know Nottingham Forest, they were upset when they lost Matty Cash, I think it was, a couple of years ago. Uh, he was a really good right back for them. But... <clears throat> I know that a lot of their fans immediately thought Spence was even better than Cash. Um, you know, I had the pleasure of watching him a few times last season. Uh, and he stuck out like a sore thumb, really. 
He's only 21, big, physical. Uh, you'd expect him to cope with the demands of the Premier League uh, and senior football regularly. You know, 42 appearances for Forrest last season. Yeah. So, yeah, I think he's he's ready for the step up if it comes his way, definitely. If he does come in, would you expect either Emerson Royale or Matt Doherty to go out the door this summer? I'd be surprised if they didn't because it seems like overkill them at right back. You've got three uh, starting quality right backs, but it's hard to see what would happen in that regard because Doherty, obviously, he found some joy last season uh, in yeah. spells, goals and assists, which kind of came out of nowhere, really. Uh, then you've got Emerson Royale. Not everyone convinced by him. Um, and apparently there has been interest from Atletico Madrid and Roma. Um, but Emerson's agent insists that um, basically Conte wants him for depth in the Champions League and things like that. And they're in no mood to sell. So it's hard to see what's going to happen in that regard, really. But I'll be surprised if one of them doesn't go later on in the window. Clement Lengley is, is another yeah. one that, that Tottenham Hotspur heavily linked with at the moment. Of course, Barcelona centre-back. Uh, reports in the past couple of days have stated that he was actually going to have his medical um, in London over the weekend. Um, your thoughts on him and whether you've got an update on, on the Clement Lengley situation? Yeah, I think this is it's shaping up to be a good deal for Spurs. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Shaping up to be a good deal for Spurs, partly because of the wage structure that they've negotiated with Barcelona. Um, they're probably going to end up paying £115,000 a week wages out of his £200,000 total, um, with Barca picking up the rest of the bill. But I think the important thing for Spurs with Lengley is that he's going to tick the box of a left-footed centre-back. Yeah, And obviously, Conte, really keen on one of those this summer. Bastoni was the top target. That's not worked out for whatever reason. That deal looks dead in the water. Um, so it looks like being a, a loan deal for Clement Langley. He's a, he's a big game player. You know, he's played in lots of big games, lots of pressure at Barcelona at the Camp Nou. Um, and personal terms have already been agreed. Apparently, they're just thrashing out the final elements of the deal with Barcelona now. Um, <clears throat> but obviously, Barcelona, they've got a lot of things going on with Frankie de Jong and players like that. So they'll probably get to it eventually. It seems like a matter of time, this deal, but it's not there quite yet. We know that, um, you know, when you think about Ivan Perisic and, and the likes of Richarlison, you know, rot rotating um, through Premier League games and Champions League games, um, with Clement Lengley, um, is it going to be, um, if he does come in, is it going to be more of a uh, rotational thing with Ben Davis or is he coming in to replace Ben Davis? Because throughout the whole of the window so far, there's, there's so much talk about replacing Ben Davis, which it just seems very unfair to me, particularly when he had a fantastic season last season under Conte. Yeah, I know that Spurs fans, I think it's probably just quite an easy rumour to make up, really, because on paper, Ben Davis, a left-back by trade, playing at centre-back, you would have to imagine that, most people would imagine that Conte would want an upgrade. But I know that a lot of Spurs fans were pleased with how he performed last season. Having said that, if Lengley comes in, you know, I would expect him to be right there fighting with Davis for that spot on the left side of the back three because he is that calibre of player, you know, a full French international, came straight from Barcelona where he did play plenty of football, even if he didn't for the last couple of seasons. Mm. Um, and I think it's just, it's an area where Conte, I expect him to rotate an awful lot. Um, yeah. So I, I would imagine Lengley and Ben Davis will get a similar amount of appearances next season unless one of them really steps up their game. Uh, and, you know, lays claim to the spot for themselves. Charlie, what's the latest on Anthony Gordon? Will Everton let him go? Because, of course, Richarlison has just signed for Spurs for around £60 million. Everton need the money. Um, reports have come out in the last couple of days stating that um, Spurs could offer £10 million plus, uh, you know, write off any fee for Deli Alley. Um, is there any truth in this? And, and do you think Anthony Gordon will become a Spurs player in this window? It's a bit bizarre, isn't it? Those rumours about uh, 10 million and then writing off some of the Dele Alley thing. It's all a yeah. bit kind of seems a bit mental to me. But out of the three we've discussed, Gordon, Jed Spence, Langley, I'd say Gordon is the least urgent of the three for Spurs. Uh, and he's also the least likely of the three for me. Um, I can't see Everton letting him go, especially because they've just let go of Richarlison, who's one fan favourite. 
I know the fans mm. absolutely love Anthony Gordon as well, homegrown talent, and he's a spectacular player as well. I'm a big, big fan of Anthony Gordon. Uh, I think he's going to have a brilliant career. Um, so in short, I don't really expect this move to go ahead. Um, I don't see a natural spot for Gordon in Spurs' squad, to be honest. And yeah. it would be a really tough sell for Lampard, having just let go of Richarlison, to then let go of Gordon as well, and not even recoup that much money for him, uh, given that £10 million is what's being touted at the moment. So, um, yeah, I don't expect that one to go through, personally. Although Everton need, needed the money for Richarlison, that must have been pretty painful for, for Frank Lampard, don't you think? Yeah, Selling absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's no coincidence that that went through on the final day of June either, because that was... Uh, kind of the end of the financial period. Everton yeah. needed that money right then and they weren't even happy with the £60 million package. Uh, you know, according to reports, they wanted a lot more than that. Um, but yeah, they were under pressure to accept. Lampard and the fans, not really happy with that one, but it also means that they're under no major, major pressure to part with Anthony Gordon um, because they've, they're now sitting on that cash from Richarlison. Now, the way that Spurs are signing these players, and as you've said as well, quality players... What else do you think that Tottenham Hotspur need to, to really challenge? You know, we finished fourth uh, with that squad last season, which many thought that we wouldn't finish fourth. Um, but what do you think Tottenham need to compete with the likes of Manchester City and Liverpool? Personally, I don't think they need much because much more than, you know, what they've got at the moment and what they're gunning for. Um, Conte obviously wants a squad that's ready to compete with the likes of Liverpool and Manchester City. The reports at the start of the summer said that he wanted six new players. Four have been confirmed. We're saying Lenglet is basically a done deal and Jed Spence is very likely to go through, even if Anthony Gordon doesn't. That brings him to six. To me, that says Conte's got what he wants and he's, it's, he's not got what he wants to come third or second. He wants to go for this, for this Premier League title because two-year contract, this is the final year of it uh, and he's going to go for broke. So I would say if they get these Lenglet... Uh, and Spence deals over the line, they're in with a good shot. Anything, uh, you know, on top of that is an added luxury. Um, but I'd say Conte can have no complaints. And I hesitate to say Spurs fans can have no complaints either if they get those six players in. It leaves them in a really good position to kind of fulfil Conte's ambitions. And the board have really shown a lot of confidence in him, and rightly so, based on what he did in his first few months in the job. I'll tell you what, Charlie, as a Spurs fan, I've never known a manager get everything on their shopping list. And it looks like Antonio Conte is going to get it, doesn't it? It really does. Yeah, it really does. They're, you know, it's like they had to work hard. You saw at the beginning of the summer, there was kind of murmurs that maybe Conte was homesick. You know, maybe he was, uh, didn't, you know, he had to, he wanted the board to show him that their ambitions were on the same page. Um, yeah. And it's clear that the board have taken that really, really seriously. Uh, and they're showing him, you know, they, they're going about it very quickly as well. So, yeah, definitely. So if Spurs got the Lingley one over the uh, over the line and the Jed Spence over the line. Um, how many more players do you think Spurs will actually sign before the end of the window? Well, that takes them up to six, doesn't it? We've got Richarlison, yeah. Perisic, Bissouma, Fraser Forster. You've also got to look at... Returning loanies like Pape Matar Saar, that's basically going to be a brand new signing because he's never been with the club on a permanent yep. basis before. Uh, Conte's supposedly going to take a good look at him in pre-season before deciding what to do with him, whether to send him back out on loan. Um, so that, with Saar included, that takes them up to seven new recruits. There will be players going out of the door too. So to answer your question, Chris, I actually think it becomes more important uh, to work on getting players out the door, shifting people off the wage bill who need to be shifted off the wage bill. Um, and that could take a good few weeks of the summer because there's a few players, I'm not going to name names just yet, but I'm sure you know who they are, who they're expensive and not many teams are, are showing an interest at the moment. So I think... We'll come on to them. Has, what's that, sorry? We'll, we'll come on to them shortly. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but yeah, I think it, it's going to become more important on that side of things towards the end of the window because they've got a lot of new recruits either there already or on their way in over the next couple of weeks. It's funny because um, a lot of Spurs fans, whatever you give Spurs fans, we always want a little bit more. So, you know, keep the signings coming. You know, it's very exciting times for us. And I keep using that word a lot, exciting. Um, mm. 
we all we all would like a creative midfielder. And I believe that Antonio Conte would like a creative midfielder. And this is why I'm a little bit surprised. And not everybody who uh, who watches and listens listens to this channel agrees. But I would have loved to have seen Christian Eriksen back at Tottenham Hotspur. Reports out today stating that he's going to sign a three-year deal at Manchester United. Are you surprised by this? Would, would you have liked to see him back at Tottenham? I would say more baffled than surprised, personally, because it... it... It felt like Ericsson was there for the taking for Spurs. Yeah. And I can't really see where along the timeline it all went wrong. Because in January, Conte said he'd love to work with Ericsson again. He said it's words like he's part of Tottenham's story. The door's always open for him, things like that. Six yeah. months later, you know, in the meantime, he's had a brilliant season for Brentford. Like he really did stick out like a sore thumb in that Brentford team. He was top quality, back to his best almost. Um they're on a free transfer. He's, Spurs can offer him a reunion with the fans, which is obviously a positive. Uh, they can offer him Champions League football, both things that United can't offer him. Um, so it it does surprise me that they didn't go in for him seriously. Uh, you know, at the start of the summer, they they supposedly inquired about him, but they just never followed it up. That's what reports have said so far. Uh, and obviously, they've let United in now, uh, which could come back to bite them in the long term because Ericsson is a top-quality player and he's a winner as well, an experienced winner. So, yeah, it does surprise me that they didn't go in for him. I'm sure Brentford are very disappointed as well, aren't they? Mm, yeah, definitely. I think they I think they might have been pinching themselves just to still be in the run in Brentford because, you know, for a while, Ericsson sat back, went on holiday and just weighed up all his options, uh, namely go to Man United on more money or stay at Brentford where he's got a nailed-on spot in the first team. Um, and the fact that he was actually considering Brentford for a good few weeks there, they must have been pinching themselves. And I thought he might look to stay put because United, uh, you know, it's not the most harmonious environment environment at the moment. It's not exactly yeah. a safe bet going there to work under Eric, Eric Ten Hag. So Brentford will be gutted. But the fans did get to enjoy him at his absolute best for six months, pulling the strings. Uh, and I'm just happy that we'll get to see him in the Premier League again next season, even if it isn't for Spurs. Yeah, I, w I wouldn't agree with that comment. It just, feel it just feels funny. When, when I saw that picture earlier of him in a Manchester United shirt, you know, him in a Brentford shirt, it just felt completely different to me than the one to Manchester United. Um, Charlie, Spurs fly to South Korea on Saturday. Uh, half of the squad have returned to Hotspur Way for training today. Um, what business do you think that Spurs will do from now until Saturday? Because the reason I ask this question is that pre-season to Antonio Conte is extremely important and he will want as many players on that plane as possible that he is going to want to work with next season, isn't he? Definitely. I think um, particularly with Spence, I would, accept, I would expect to see that one maybe gather pace over the next few days. Uh, because, like I said, it can't be underestimated that Middlesbrough want to sell him. They want to ca uh, they want to cash in on Jed Spence so that they can so that Chris Wilder can start bringing in players of his own this summer. Um, and he'll know that when Spurs depart on their preseason tour, that's the key date that they're working with. That's where yeah. they want to they want to reach a compromise before then, so that everyone can move on and it doesn't get left on the back burner until the end of the summer. You know that's not going to benefit Spurs and it's not going to be benefit Middlesbrough either. So. I think he'll want to get that one sewn up. I think he might want to offload a couple of spare parts as well. We'll get to that later, as you said. Um, yep. But he won't He won't want to be carrying too much baggage on this uh, pre-season tour. He doesn't want to be giving game time to players. He does, essentially doesn't, you know, he doesn't see them as part of his first team plans for next season. Um, so, yeah, you would expect to see things amp up a few notches over the next few days, as with a lot of other clubs in the Premier League too, because... You know, when they go off on that pre-season tour, that's the key date to look at. Uh, that's when you're going to see a few things on the to-do list be put on hold for a few weeks while the manager focuses in on that pre-season campaign. There's quite a few comments coming in stating um, that they would like to see Spurs sign uh, Madison and, and Tielemans from Leicester. Do you mm. think there's any chance of a cheeky bid for one of them? Uh, Tielemans, there would be a good chance for me. You know, one of the, one of the things that uh, you hear about Tielemans is that he places... Champions League football as a really high priority. And that was one of the stumbling blocks. Perhaps that's why his move to Arsenal hasn't progressed. It's kind of stalled over the last few weeks. You know, you expect him to be available fairly cheap because he's only got one year left on his contract with Leicester. 
the yep. way Brendan Rodgers has spoken about it, he's kind of resigned to Tielemans leaving this summer, to be honest. Um, and, you know, it's it's almost like no team that's had Champions League football has tabled a serious offer for Tielemans. Um, but Spurs could do that and they could get good value out of the deal too, as long as his wage demands aren't that crazy. As for Madison, he had a great season last season and he did it kind of under the radar too, put up some really good numbers. Um, maybe it's because he's not involved in the England setup very much. Gareth Southgate doesn't seem to fancy him. Maybe that's why he's not got a massively high profile at the moment. Um, but, you know, he's a great player. The only thing is he would cost big money and it's tough to see where he would fit into Conte's formation. You know, he's good. At, he's best as an attacking midfielder, Madison. And Conte's either plays orthodox centre mids or wingers. So unless you're going to kind of morph Madison into a winger, I, I can't really see that one happening. But Tielemans would be a good idea, in my opinion. Charlie, how do you think that Antonio Conte's feeling right now? Uh, I think he's over the moon, probably. Over the moon, yeah. He's got another year at least on his... Well, he's got another year on his contract. He's, he's going to stay for the season. Um, he should be feeling yeah. excited. He should be feeling feeling as excited as the Spurs fans. Um, because... you, you just mentioned about the contract. I was going to come on to this later, but let's talk about it now. Okay. Um, with the fact that Spurs are really backing him in this transfer window, mm. when does Antonio Conte sign that new deal to keep him at Spurs long-term? Yeah, that's a tough one. It's one where you've got to be... There, there's all sorts of personal reasons that also play into that because I believe Conte's family is still living in Italy. Um, and that was a... That was something that came up at the start of the summer when there was rumours that Conte might not continue at Spurs uh, because he didn't want to live away from his family for too long. Um, it's not necessarily guaranteed, even if Spurs are... are re I know this isn't what you want to hear, I'm sorry, but even if Spurs are, have a great season next season, it's not guaranteed that he's going to sign a new contract and continue because he's he's got a reputation for succeeding at clubs in short bursts. You know, we saw him at Inter Milan. He won the league and then left that same summer because uh, the club couldn't match his ambitions in the transfer market. Um, so the thing is, nothing guaranteed, nothing's guaranteed with Conte. You've got to live in the moment. Uh, and it's a good moment to live in as a Spurs fan. So my, I, I would just say, you know, embrace it for the moment. Uh, try not to look too far ahead into the future because you just don't know what's going through Conte's mind. Um Charlie, same question on uh, on Harry Kane. Do you think that he will sign a new deal soon? Uh, well, it's a, it's a big contrast to la last summer, isn't it? When there was yeah. strong rumours that he was going to go to City. Kane, there's absolutely nothing this summer, which means Kane definitely feels like something's brewing at Spurs. Uh, I imagine he's excited for the season ahead. He's in a, in a team that has got the capability to challenge for a Premier League title and for other silverware. Um I'm not sure about a new a new contract because, again, he obviously loves the idea of working with Conte, but Conte isn't guaranteed to stick around beyond next season. Um, but one thing you can say is Harry Kane is very excited to be a Spurs player for the season ahead. Uh, and mm -hmm. if he comes up with the kind of season that, that we know he can produce, 25, 30 Premier League goals uh, with Hyung min Son by his side uh, and other talented players behind him, uh, you know, Kane could be destined for a lot of good things in the near future. Can you believe that Hunmin Son wasn't named in the PFA Team of the Year because it upset a lot of Tottenham fans? That yeah, that it's a it's a bit of a crazy choice. That he had a brilliant season, didn't he? Um, I think he he sealed a share of the Golden Boot on the last day. Uh, yeah, and he did he he finished the season so strongly to tie level with Mohamed Salah because Salah was way ahead in the scoring charts at one point. Um, and you know when. Spurs got fourth last season and Kane was only at his best for a, quite a small portion of that season, really. So um, it was kind of fortunate that Hyung-Min Son was there to carry that goals burden when Kane wasn't. Uh, and he did have a tremendous season last season. Now, of course, Charlie, um, la last summer, um, Fabio Prati came in as the club sporting director. Antonio Conte came in in November. World-class manager, I call him. Um, he has just brought in Greta Steenston from Everton as our new performance director, and he's just about to appoint Gianni Vio as the set piece specialist. Now, Antonio Conte is improving Tottenham Hotspur on the pitch, 
off the pitch. Is there any more improvements at the club that you think that he can make in order to make Tottenham, um, you know, on level par with the likes of Liverpool and City? Uh, probably you'd have to point towards, uh, you know, more abstract things like the mentality shift. Uh, yeah. he's, he's really got to instill in these players that, you know, the mentality is different this season. I don't think Spurs have been up there in the past, but I don't know if they've started many seasons knowing that everything is on the line, everything's up for grabs. Um, and, you know, Conte's been there with teams before. He's won titles with Chelsea, with Inter Milan, with Juve. Um, and he's got the experience to convey that message to his players. But as we've been discussing, materially in the squad, Spurs have got enough talent to to do a lot of good things this season. And like you said as well, he's, he's making positive changes uh, behind the scenes as well, which is only going to help them. Um, so in terms of what's left to do, he might have done it already, or he's definitely made progress in that department because they showed a lot of grit and determination to see out the battle for fourth place last season. Um, mm. Really de developing that winning mentality uh, and instilling belief in his team that, you know, nothing's impossible, things can be done. Battling with uh, Liverpool and Man City is a daunting task at the best of times, uh, but he's got to make his players believe that they're up to the challenge um, and, you know, make sure they're not overawed by the whole uh, task, really. Just before we talk about um, possible players uh, departing the club, just wanted to talk about the under-19s uh, for England. Dane Scott and Alfie Devine, Spurs have got these two uh, youngsters on our books, fantastic talents. Do you think that those two will go out on loan uh, next season? Or do you think Antonio Conte will actually give them some game time, bearing in mind we can make five subs from the start of the next Premier League season? Yeah, the five subs could change things, really. Um, you know, there's two ways of looking at it with re with really good players, like uh, really good young players, promising youth players uh, like Dane Scarlett. There's been an awful lot of hype around Dane Scarlett. Um, the two ways are, you know, you want to keep them close to home. You want to keep a good eye on their development. Obviously, we saw City do that with Phil Foden. People questioned it at the time. Um, but, you know, nobody would question the way he's developed now because it's all starting to bear fruit. And with a manager like Conte, maybe you're thinking it would be beneficial to keep him in and around Spurs, uh, you know, to pick up those bits of guidance off a manager like Conte rather than go on loan because he he's still so young. Uh, both Divine and Scarlett, they're still so young that even if yeah. it comes the next season and they're still not ready, they can still go on loan to the Championship uh, and have time to be a young player in the Premier League even after that. Um, so I've got no concrete information on whether um, they're going to go out on loan. I would imagine there's no short of shortage of interest, particularly after the under-19 Euros win, because that got a lot of publicity as well. Um, but, you know, with a manager like Conte at the helm, personally, I'm thinking that it might be beneficial to keep them in and around the club and have him learn from him for a year. Yeah. Um, let's go on to uh, talk about players that could possibly leave the club this summer. Now, one player that keeps coming up on the list, Stephen Bergvine. Uh, he's reportedly uh, signed a deal with Ajax. Uh, this deal seems to be going on and on. Uh, in the last couple of days, there have been reports stating that a couple of Premier League clubs have actually offered more money to mm. Tottenham than Ajax are offering, but he doesn't want to play in the Premier League. He wants to go back to Holland. Charlie, do you have any update on this one? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's this looks pretty much done now. Everything's agreed with the uh, Ajax, £26 million. Um, so that looks set to go through. It is a bit of a, a surprising one that United, it's United and Everton were the two clubs that were interested and they were yeah. reportedly prepared to pay up to £35 million for Bergwijn, which does seem quite hefty considering, uh, you know, he's not pulled up many trees at Spurs. So to, even at £26 million, I think Tottenham have got decent money for him. Um, and yeah, the Everton and Man United reports, they came from the reliable Mike Verway as well. So... Um, you know, believe those to be true. But, you know, he wants to go back to Ajax. He's only 24 years old, Bergwijn, and he, he his career needs a little bit of a kickstart again because he did stag stagnate a little bit at Spurs um, and it never really happened for him. But yeah, the Ajax move looks pretty much definite now uh, and almost everything is agreed. You, you'd expect the announcement to happen pretty quickly there. What do you make of the, um, the Lucas Moura situation? Because he's out of contract at Spurs this time next summer. Now, 
I'm sure Spurs won't want him to leave on a free transfer. So if a, if a bid come in now, do you expect that Spurs would take it? Because next summer he does have the, or Spurs have the option of extending his contract for another year, which I'm sure that they don't want to do. Um, what do you make of the Lucas Moura situation? If an offer come in now, do you think Tottenham would take it? Uh, it? It depends on the offer. But if I was a gambling man, I would say no. I think Lucas Moura wants to see out that final year of his contract. That's based on what he said to the Brazilian media. Media, He wants to play the final year for Spurs. And then I think he wants to go back to Brazil after that. Uh, Lucas's agent has also spoken out, or at least it's been reported that um, Spurs want to keep him around, even though he's almost guaranteed not to be a nailed-on starter for Conte next season. Um, he's going to be important in cup competitions in the Champions League. Uh, as a rotation option, impact off the bench. He's got incredible pace, uh, trickery. You know, he's a handful for defenders to deal with, especially in the 70th minute uh, when they're blowing a little bit. Um, so kind of at the moment, all factors are pointing towards Lucas staying for another season, honouring the contract that he's got, and then probably looking to move on uh, in a year's time. But obviously, uh, Spurs have spent a lot of money this summer. They're, they're well stocked in a lot of areas on the wing uh, being one of them as well. Um, so if the right offer came in for, for him, I'm sure they would consider it. Um, but I haven't seen or heard of any concrete uh, negotiations for him at the moment. Charlie, what do you make of the uh, the Brian Hill one? Of course, he went out, well, he signed for Spurs last summer, went out on loan in January. He's now come back. He's at Hotspur way today training. Do you expect him to be uh, moving from Tottenham this summer, either on a, on another loan or a permanent deal? Yeah, I expect him to go out on loan again. Uh, I think this is an exercise in patience for Spurs fans, really. A bit of a frustrating one as well, because, you know, Spurs acquired Brian Hill by swapping Lamella and paying a fair bit of money on top of that yeah. as well. So with that, you're thinking, right, we're getting a player that's much better than Lamella and he's young and exciting. You know, you're excited to see What's good, how he's going to develop over the next few years. But it's been a little bit slow progress. Uh, you know, he's still very raw. He's had a couple of chances, not really convinced, not managed to force his way into the Spurs team. Um, but at Valencia on loan last season, he didn't put up crazy numbers or anything, but they did really like him there. The fans thought he was a great player, really talented, uh, great technical ability. Um, still just 21 years old. It looks like Cadiz from Spain, uh, they're the most uh, heavily rumoured team to be lining up a loan move for him. I can't see Spurs letting him go on a permanent deal, um, mostly because it, it's, it would be hard for them to get their money back or make a profit at this stage uh, because he's not really kicked on since he signed from Sevilla. Um, but yeah, I think it would suit all parties if they can find a decent loan destination for Brian Hill where he can get a lot more experience and blossom as a player over the next year. What do you make of the Joe Roden situation? Because, of course, he's had such limited game time under various different managers at Tottenham and he's played more for his country than he has for Spurs. Do you think he will head out the door this summer? There has been links. Uh, you've seen, well, the first thing to say, I've seen the the quote or the story that's been floating around over the last few days is that um, Mourinho, I'm sure you've heard this too, Mourinho told Hugo Lloris that yeah. Rodon had the potential to be the best player at the club. Uh, obviously, that's raised a lot of eyebrows because... But he didn't play him himself. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's still a strange one, how his development has been handled. Um, and, you know, people might struggle to believe that Mourinho conversation because Rodon's not been given a consistent chance for Spurs, but people clearly rate him highly. The Welsh national team, he, he puts in good performances for them. Uh, but because of the Mourinho comment, it's no surprise to see that Roma are linked with him. We've seen people from the UK, I know Rodon's Welsh, from the UK uh, go abroad more regularly these days to Serie A in particular, Roma specifically even with Tammy Abraham. Um, so yeah, you wouldn't be surprised to see that. Nottingham Forest also linked, as they are linked with a lot of players. They seem to be pretty busy this summer. Um, but those links have gone quiet over the past few days from what I've seen. Um, and... Personally, I don't see him leaving this summer. I, I think many Spurs fans would like to see him gradually phased into the side or given more responsibility. Um, so, yeah, there has, there has been noise, but nothing's really prog progressed over the last few days. 
I just, for me, I just can't see that one happening, particularly when, if we, if we sign Clement Lengley and we're targeting another centre-back as well, I just can't see that where or, 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 or when um, Joe Roden's going to fit in. Um, Charlie, let's move on to Harry Winks. Now, that name came up so many times when, um, when you know, all the reports come out about the Richarlison deal, he could have gone the other way. Um, Everton um, have reportedly now dropped their interest in the player. Leeds are now interested. Any truth in that Leeds one and any progress on that one? Uh, the ominous, well, I say it's ominous if you're a Spurs fan and you want to, you know, shift Winks off the wage bill because he's quite clearly surplus to requirements these days, Harry Winks. Um, the ominous thing about the Leeds links uh, is that Leeds are closing in on two midfield targets, one of them being RB Leipzig's Tyler Adams. That one looks very likely. Leipzig are bracing themselves for a bid. Jesse Marsh has got history with him. He gave him his debut at 16 years old, uh, and they see him as a, as a replacement for Calvin Phillips. Uh, same with Mohamed Kamara, another midfielder who's set to join Leeds. Uh, and you have to imagine, with those two in the door, Mark Rocker, another centre midfielder, also been signed by Leeds this summer. That would kind of uh, you know, negate the need to go after Harry Winks. So that leaves Everton as, you know, his only suitor at the moment. And it seems curious to me that Everton were interested. That was pretty concrete. It was reported by a lot of reputable news agencies that Everton wanted Winks. Um, yeah. But when it came to Richarlison, they only wanted cash. They didn't want to include Winks in that um, as part of that deal. But now they got cash for Richarlison, they've suddenly dropped their interest in Winks, it seems like, which is a little bit of a curious one. Uh, and it, it kind of leaves him high and dry, you know. Um, but you would imagine there's a long way of the summer left to go. And a few teams, maybe towards the bottom half of the Premier League, who are going to get wind of Winks' situation uh, and potentially put together an offer. But yeah, you would, you'd be surprised if he doesn't find a new home this summer. Sergio Reglon, do you think he will leave the club this summer? I think he's too good to sit on the bench, definitely. You know, when Spurs got hold of him, he was a major coup, really. You're thinking, because yeah. I think it was from Real Madrid, wasn't it, that, that Spurs yeah. signed him from? Um, and, you know, at times during his debut season, he looked really good, really lively, quick, um, a hard worker. But it seems as though Conte doesn't fancy him wholeheartedly. You know, there's something missing there for Conte. He's obviously got very specific demands about who he plays at wing-back, what he wants from a wing-back, and maybe Regulon doesn't quite fit those demands. Um, so, yeah, I think he's too good to sit on the bench. Have, and Spurs are reportedly expected to listen to offers over the course of the summer. Um, but weirdly enough, it, it's been pretty quiet around Regulon. I've not seen too many teams heavily linked with him or, you know... Uh, holding concrete talks with his camp or anything like that. But you would expect him to leave in the summer um, with players like Ryan Sessignon and especially Ivan Perisic. Um, they're going to be right in the hunt for regular minutes next season. Now, Charlie, a lot of Spurs fans over the last few years have said Spurs just don't spend the money. Well, we spent £100 million on Tongyon Dombele and Giovanni Lo Celso. And I've seen pictures today of Giovanni Lo Celso back at Hotspur Way training. No pictures as yet as uh, of Tongi on Dombele. What do you expect to happen to this pair? Um, because Villarreal want to sign Giovanni Lo Celso, but you know they're not a massive club. They're not a um, a rich club. They cannot afford what Tottenham Hotspur want. Tongi on Dombele, um, is there any interest in him? Uh, the only thing I've seen about Ndombele is the slightest glimmer of a loan link with Galatasaray, but that's it. And I think the major stumbling block with Ndombele is his massive wages, uh, reported to be on £200,000 a week. Um, and obviously, he's had a really tough time at Spurs. He's exhibited qualities that a lot of other managers won't want, you know, won't like to see. Uh, had run-ins with the fans in the past, not exactly shown himself to be a really hard worker week in, week out. Um, so for that reason, it's it's kind of maybe a bit unsurprising why people aren't busting Spurs' door down to sign and Dombele. Um, but they're obviously willing to listen to offers. I think one way or another, and this is the same for La Celso and Ndombele, uh, Spurs are going to shift both of them this summer. They're going to have to get rid of them, whether that's on a loan deal or a permanent deal. And they're going to take a big financial hit on both. You know, whether it's having to subsidise his wages, I'm talking about Lo Celso and Ndombele here, 
because the team's interest or, uh, you know, accepting a drastically lower transfer fee because the team's interested. Uh, Villarreal, they can't afford La Celso's wages and Leon, who Ndombele was on loan with last season, they can't afford to shell out 40 or 50 million, even 30 million to sign him on a permanent basis. Uh, and Ndombele would have to agree on a massive pay cut from his 200k a week at the moment. Charlie, you seem very definite that both of them will leave in this summer window, either on loan or permanent. So you don't think there's any chance whatsoever of Conte integrating them back to the squad? I can't see it. I really can't see it. I think, you know, the only scenario in which I can see them staying is if they physically, you know, if they can't offload them. Uh, but you would imagine Conte wants a harmonious squad. He wants players who are happy to be involved, players that aren't going to kick up a fuss if they're not playing every week or not playing at all. Uh, and disrupting the group. So as the window goes on, as deadline day approaches, and we're talking about a long way off yet, but as deadline day approaches, you would imagine Spurs' demands or willingness to compromise, subsidise wages, things like that. You would imagine their demands would just decrease and decrease uh, and, you know, until someone knocks on the door and puts something on the table. But, you know, I would expect La Celso and Ndombele Spurs are definitely going to pull out all the stops to to try and offload them over the next few weeks. That's what I expect. When you've got everybody so happy at the moment, Antonio Conte, everybody employed by Spurs, all of the fans, everyone's very happy and it's all, you know, full of harmony at the moment. Now, Spurs fly to South Korea on Saturday. Who makes the decision and when does that decision uh, be made? Of all the players that we've just uh, named there about, you know, possible departures, who makes the decision whether these players go on that plane to South Korea? Yeah, that's a tough question that I don't know. Uh, I don't actually know the answer to. I don't know which individual makes that call, but I'm sure um, you said today Tang, uh, Tangi and Dombele has not reported back for pre-season as yet. I don't know the exact reasoning for that, but we've also seen with Cristiano Ronaldo. Suddenly he wants out of Man United. He's not reported back for pre-season either. So I can imagine there's players who... Uh, quite clearly aren't wanted at Spurs in the nicest possible way. Players like Ndombele, like La Celso, who won't be keen to go on that pre-season tour. They will want to, um, you know, secure their futures elsewhere if it's been made clear to them that that's what they need to do over the next few weeks. Uh, and I would imagine a conversation with the manager um, could take place, uh, you know, something along the lines of, don't take me on this pre-season tour so that I can find a new club, because ultimately that's what all parties want. Spurs want uh, these players to find new homes over the next few weeks. So it wouldn't surprise me at all to see the players who seem to be on their way out the door left off that pre-season tour to South Korea. Yeah, because, you know, going back to Harry Winks, for example, um, I wouldn't expect Harry Winks to be on that plane if Tottenham are trying to actively sell him. It wouldn't make sense, would it? Yeah, it wouldn't make sense. But I guess, you know, they've got to keep up appearances in case Winks ends up staying. It's a tricky one with Winks because... Uh, you know, Everton, the only interested club at the moment. And, you know, even their interest seems to have dropped. So they probably don't want to get caught in an awkward situation where they've left them off the pre-season tour. And then come the start of the season, they're actually, you know, back in the first team fold again. Um, so it's a, it's a tricky conundrum to weigh up. And that's why, like we were saying earlier, uh, the days between now and when they leave on that pre-season tour are crucial. They need to be working their fingers to the bone, really, and making as much progress on po as possible uh, regarding incomings and outgoings as well. Now, Charlie, 14 years uh, without a trophy for Tottenham. Uh, the last time he won one was the League Cup in 2008 against Chelsea. Um, now, what is your expectation for Tottenham next season? And what do you think Antonio Conte's priority will be? Will it be the Premier League? Because he is known for being a league manager. You said yourself he's won uh, leagues um, at the last three clubs that he's been at. Um, is that going to be his priority? Is he going to prioritise the Champions League? Or is he going to want to put one of the domestic cups in the cabinet? I think it's going to be the Premier League for Conte. Uh, and probably the domestic cups too. You know, silverware is paramount no matter what it is. Uh, I think Premier League will be his priority, but obviously out, outgunning Liverpool and Man City over the course of a whole season is a really daunting task. So for that reason, I expect him to put a lot of effort into the, the domestic cup competitions too. Um, the one area I don't expect him to prioritise is the Champions League. And that may, you know, be a little bit painful for Spurs fans because, uh, you know, it's not you don't finish fourth every single year. 
Uh, every fan loves to see their team play in the Champions League against massive teams, Barcelona's, Real Madrid's, things like that. But Conte already said last season that his aim is the Premier League. He, he even said the words, I don't like talking about the Champions League. He doesn't want to, uh, you know, be considered to be going for the Champions League because his priorities are more focused towards competing in the league. Uh, and I would, I would imagine the best chance of silverware will come in the FA Cup or the Carabao Cup from my perspective. Do you think Spurs will do it? Um, I think they've got a great chance. They've got the best chance. You, you'll notice I'm going to cop out of giving a straight answer you, here. You know, Charlie, I, I ask this and I ask every guest who comes on this channel because when you go from Pochettino, you go to Jose Mourinho and now you go to Antonio Conte. I'm not even going to put Nuno Espirito Santo in that uh, mm -hmm. equation, but, you know, Pochettino, Jose Mourinho, Conte, how can you have three of those managers, mm -hmm. you know, fantastic managers and not win anything. Yeah, I think, you know, this is a really, really good chance that they've got. Um, I'm not going to say Spurs are going to win the Premier League. I think I would get some funny looks from some people if I went out and predicted that. But I think my expectations of Spurs are better than most. You know, I do expect them to be re right there competing with City and Liverpool for the league title uh, next season. And as a bare minimum, I expect them to be comfortably in third position you know within touching distance of Liverpool yeah. and City come the end of the season and if that's what your expectations are then who to say that they can't go and win the league uh, and the same goes for the FA Cup or the Carabao Cup you know it just needs one good run uh, to be put together uh, and like I said I'm sure Conte will place a lot of emphasis on those competitions because he knows that the fans are really uh, you know yearning for some silverware after 14 years um, yeah so, yeah, I'd say they're my ex expectations for Spurs next season. Charlie, lastly, I just wanted to talk a little bit about England at the World Cup in November and December. It's going to be a weird season, isn't it? Broken up because of the World Cup. Um, but what do you think England's chances are in the World Cup? And, of course, Harry Kane will be England captain. And also, do you think Eric Dyer should be on that plane to Qatar? Um, I think every, the whole mood around England was brought down, brought crashing down a little bit during the last international break where the performances yeah. were lacklustre. Uh, and then you go back to the runs that we had. I don't want to be too pessimistic here, but the runs that England had at the, at, uh, uh, the most recent tournaments and you think we did have favourable draws, that starts playing on your mind. Was it just because we had favourable draws? Is that why we got that far? Um so the mood is a little bit sombre. The ambitions have been reined in a little bit. Um, but obviously, you know, all, all it needs is another good, good few performances from Southgate. And he clearly does know how to get a tune out of this side. Um, regarding Eric Dyer, uh, the big benefit that's going for Dyer is that he's got a lot of experience playing in a back three. Uh, Southgate seems to be toying heavily with the idea of playing a back three. I know a lot of England fans aren't aren't too happy about that but actually in times gone by some of the best football that I've seen England play has come while they're playing a back three uh, and Dyer you know he's got that rare skill set I believe he plays in the middle of the trio for Spurs doesn't he yeah it, yeah it just seems it just seems funny to me when when you've got people like Harry Maguire in the England setup and someone like Eric Dyer isn't it just seems sometimes it, it, it's like what team you play for um when you get into the England setup, I, I think it's been like that for a very long time. Would you agree? Yeah, he's he's got a very clear philosophy, Gareth Southgate, in that he wants to put trust in players who performed in the past. It's almost like club performance. It not a lot of weight is put on club performances, which is you know evidenced by Maguire getting in over Eric Dyer because Maguire really badly struggled for United last season, but he did look quite decent when he came back in for England. So there are some merits uh, to Southgate's philosophy. You know, I imagine it creates a strong bond between the group if there's similar players there. Uh, you know, every time the camp's called together, there's similar players there. Um, but yeah, Eric Dyer is someone that I'm sure he's going to have a serious look at because of his experience playing in a back three and his good performances uh, of late as well. Charlie, what do you think of the whole thing of uh, the World Cup um, being mid-season? Because, of course, we play, I think Spurs play Leeds on the 12th of November. Uh, we then return to action on Boxing Day. So there's like a six, seven week spell where we're not going to have a Premier League game. It's going to be a weird season, isn't it? Do you think it's going to be um, a bad thing for the Premier League or, or do you think it's going to be good for, for some teams? It's going to be very different. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be bizarre in a lot of ways. Um, and I think I don't think I'm alone 
in saying that I'm not particularly excited for this World Cup that's coming up. You know, there's something about it being in the summer. Uh, mm. There's something romantic about it being in countries like Brazil, even South Africa, where the atmosphere was just fizzling. You know, the party atmosphere was going on throughout the, the few weeks that it was on. Uh, expectations for, for Qatar, pretty uh, low comparatively. Um, you know, they've had some bad press as well. And it's in the winter. You know, it's going to be a unique experience and we can only give uh, a concrete answer after we've experienced it for the first time. But on paper, um, you know, it's it's not looking as... I'm not as excited as I would be uh, if it was a Summer World Cup. I don't know how you feel about that. I just think it's going to be very odd. I really do. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, the, the, the fact that we've got that six-week break um, for the World Cup, I just think it's going to be very, very strange. Um, I think it's going to work for some teams and I think it's not going to work for others. Um, yeah. Charlie, do you, do you get to go to um, events like the World Cup? And, uh, you know, what's been your favourite events covered as a journalist? Uh, if, you know, if in a dream world, I would love to go to the World Cup. Yeah, but nah, I've not been uh, shot out to it uh, there yet. But we've got a few journalists that are at Wimbledon at the moment, which is good fun. I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure if there's any tennis fans on the on the uh, stream at the moment, but uh, Wimbledon's a lot of fun. I was down at Silverstone a couple of weeks ago doing replicating F1 driver training. I had a guy trying to pull my neck off my shoulders, trying to replicate the G-forces and things like that. Um and yeah, I'm keen to go to more football in the future. Uh, you know, I've only been there a year. I think it's more you need to keep pressing on and become a treasured worker to get that kind of special treatment. But, you know, hopefully heading in that direction. As, as a journalist, what is your favourite part of the season? Is it this pre-season covering all the transfer gossip or is it um, the actual football? It's the actual football for me. Yeah, I think, well, there's there's some people that do specialise in the in the transfer side of things. And that is something I'm looking to get more into, uh, you know, develop more contacts uh, and things like that. But it can get a bit samey. You know, let's let's use a Frankie de Jong to Man United deal, for example. You know, every update to that story needs covering. And it's been going on and on and on for about three weeks. Um, when it's fast moving, it's great. You know, you do get some days where there's just new stories breaking left, right and centre. Um, and that's great. You know, Spurs have been a great source of uh, excitement and entertainment so far this summer because uh, the business has just been relentless um, and it's happened quickly and there's more in the pipeline too. Um, so it can be really exciting, but I, I do like it when the real football starts again. There is always something going on for Tottenham Hotspur, always. Yeah. Um, Charlie, tell everyone where they can find you and uh, find your wonderful work. Yeah, you can find me uh, on Twitter at Charlie Gordon SJ. Uh, drop me a follow. Hopefully, you like the stuff that I post on there. Uh, and in terms of written stuff, head to the Express Sport website. That's where you'll find most of my content. Uh, yeah, hopefully, you enjoy that too. Well, I'm hoping, Charlie, that you'll be writing something soon, which you've never written before. Tottenham Hotspur winning the Premier League in May 2023. That will be different. Um, let's uh, keep our fingers crossed for that one. Charlie, I can't thank you enough for all of your time. You've been a fantastic guest. You've had so many, so much love in the comments. So uh, thanks so much. And I'd love to get you back on again in the future. Absolutely. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for everyone for watching as well. Yeah, thanks for watching, everybody. Thanks for listening. And if you don't subscribe to the channel as yet, please do hit that subscribe button and I'll see you on the next one. Until then, come on, you Spurs. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you 24-7, with supplies and solutions for every industry, and access to product specialists ready to help. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.